You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome back to season two of Politicking. I am so excited to be joined by some awesome people. It's your girl, Ken, better known as Kenya Abbott Jr., since everybody seems to know my whole government. But today I'm going live with Facebook with Podcast Detroit. We down here recording at Detroit Shipping Company. I have some fire guests, people that's out here really living not only in a purpose, but in passion and out here really revolutionizing our community. So I'm just going to start off right now and go around the table and let y'all know who's joining me if you can't already tell by the cameras i have my brother and dear friend ken what's going on ken hey not much man thank you for having me on here today, man, man thank you for joining um i have my best friend forever one of two miss Lowe. how are you doing i'm good thank you for having me ken ken thanks for joining i have my co-worker and new friend he don't even know i've do- i've adopted him <laughs> into my life being out here representing what we represent you not a word yeah <laughs> what up though <laughs> I got my cousin Courtney. How you doing, baby love? Hey, Cass. What up, y'all? I got Rod. It's a lot of cast technicians at the table. I thought I'd go ahead and represent that. What's going on, Rod? <laughs> What's happening? Even though I ain't making the graduation, it's still all love. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shout out to Detroit. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining. And last but not least, I have Kiera. Hey, baby. Hey. What's up, Kenya? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming out. And so, I mean, we just kind of talking. I told everybody I was coming full force with politics in this season. I really want real people that's out here at the ground level at the table talking to me about issues that matter, particularly politics in Detroit, because a lot of times people think because I'm not a politician or because I ain't sitting in no table, I can't speak politics. But politics integrates every part of our life. I mean, from the taxes we pay on our houses, when we go out the door, the air you breathe, you know what I'm saying? The education that we were afforded, even the opportunities posted. Like, what's our minimum wage? How much they going to pay me when I get that degree and come back home? So I think it's important for all of us to be included in these conversations. And right now, I just want to backtrack. Season finale of season one, we was talking about organizing around the vote and understanding the full political process. And Michigan, a lot of people felt did good. We got the blue wave. How are y'all feeling about Detroit politics today? It's March 2019. Are we satisfied with what's going on in the city of Detroit right now? Ooh, satisfied is a strong word. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Um, But definitely, I would say even more than the blue wave, we had that green wave come through Michigan. And Mm -hmm. that really showed what people could really get accomplished. You know, who would have thought that today you could carry two and a half ounces of marijuana anywhere you want to go and not get in any trouble. And there's people still sitting in jail cells right now Mm -hmm. for way less. So, you know, it's definitely a change in times. You can see when you really put your energy into politics, you can get results that you really want to get. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's true. How's y'all feeling? Hold on real quick, though, Rod. Can you tell people who you represent? Because I don't think people know the type well, of mover and shaker you, you know, in. We can save that for a little bit later. Yeah, we can get to that down the line. I'd rather voice my opinion on my own right. Oh, I you hear know, that. I hear that. Don't don't for a second. This is true so anybody, how else are y'all feeling? I know some of y'all, you know, hands-on with politics or not, but... What's how y'all feeling? Like, do y'all feel like the students or the youth are going to benefit? Who do y'all think that the city represent right now? Is it helping all Detroiters or is it just some Detroiters? It's definitely not helping our communities. It's helping downtown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really not in the schools. Um, they act like it, mm-hmm. but it's not. And just from working in schools, being a coach, seeing that hands-on, that 
the teachers are not really there for your kids, it's it's definitely not helping the communities at all. Who who should we be holding accountable for that though? Like is that is that the governor? Is that the mayor? Is that us? Okay. Talk about it. So 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 local government starts with with the local government. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not a city official, but uh, I work closely with some government officials. And the thing is, I work on a broader regional level. Um, we're a tri-county area, which means I, I oversee three different counties of things. So our education is different from our local municipality education. But then when the thing is, we still have to get out here and educate our citizens on how to get out here and really voice our word. The thing is, a lot of people have a lot of fight or push back against these bike lanes or a lot of non-motorized planning. But if we as citizens don't go to the meetings to talk about and voice mm-hmm. our opinions, Say that again. how <laughs> do yeah. we how do we change the fact that we don't really want to see it there, but we want to see this money spent in a different way? But do they tell us about those meetings? I mean, it's so, so, you got to do a little legwork, yeah. definitely. To but get, why? Because if I'm getting a bike lane down the street, why you really, didn't come knock on really, my door can I, can and I put, me? Can I put a semicolon Community benefits, on? maybe. Wait, can I, put a, <laughs> I want to put a semicolon on that because what I was going to say next is every time I really have the opportunity, I make sure I challenge my fellow planners who are nine times out of ten really don't look the same color as me. I challenge all my planners that just how politicians that sit in these seats that whether whatever election somebody wins – Politicians are out there pounding the pavement and us as planners need to pound the pavement mm-hmm. so that we can get our the real truth of what our citizens really need. But sometimes if those people the opposite color of me have to walk in communities that are the same color as me, they might be afraid. So sometimes they're timid. We have all this, quote unquote, data, GIS work, stuff like this, that mm-hmm. we know where the problems lie, where the crime lies, where this is that we have these data and trends. But. We act like we don't know how to fix it. Mm-hmm. To go out there and talk to people and tell them when to come talk about these things, I don't think that's hard. But and I think it happens. Change. I think because more times than not, I've been to over 250 community meetings in the yes. past year. And overwhelmingly is a group of older females, like 60 to 100. Yes. And the hair Period. <laughs> so your grandmother is showing up. Your aunties are showing up. It's just a matter of getting us younger people involved because they are walking. They are putting these flyers on people's houses. But how many times have you gone into your grandma's house, picked up a flyer and was like, oh, I'm going to go to this meeting? Like, it's Never. extremely right. rare that right. people show up our age in these meetings. And that's really what has to happen. Yes. And when they do show up, they do have a tremendous voice because they definitely listen. They listen to the younger generation. They want you to be involved. Yes. They want you to, but it's yes. just a matter of getting that word out better, and that's always a process. Yeah. I've been to a couple of the meetings, but it is challenging to be able to remain active when you're also kind of in the millennial generation, still trying to work, still trying to find your place, trying to maintain a household that you're establishing as well. And I kind of feel you on like not really knowing. I didn't really know that the bike lanes were coming until they were being built. Yes. Until I was driving down Cass. I went to Wayne State, oh, and I was driving work. down Cass, and I'm like, what is this big red spot in the middle of the street? Cass, pop And then they were done Cash. with it. And I was just like, I can't park here anymore because of the claustrophobia I feel when being and trying to get out of my car like I'm about to get hit by a bus. So I didn't get an email. I didn't get a text message. I didn't, you know, y'all can send me an Amber Alert when somebody's child goes missing in uh, three counties over. But when we're instituting a new bike lane, I I didn't know anything about that until it was happening. And then we do kind of feel left out. Then we Mm -hmm. do start to feel like, oh, this is gentrification happening right underneath Mm -hmm. us. Um, So I, I feel you on that. And I would like to be more active. But with those meetings, like they're not at convenient times. I know some the 
ones within my own community, they'll have them at noon on a Wednesday. I gotta go work. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we gotta go to work. You know, and then... It's not even a convenient system. Or sitting, I mean, yeah. there's definitely needs for improvement, but you have to start and at least, like, reach out to these people because they will no, come to you. You know, yes. they will... Nine times out of ten, they want to reach people our age. That's yes. the really the biggest... Then text me. Don't no. send anything in my mail. <laughs> and they got our numbers. Come on, they come got on, our numbers. On. But, it, but, but, but if you start getting text, text to me, yes. you, you me. wouldn't... You're going to be like, unsubscribe. Well, I'd rather them call than Sally Mae. Absolutely not. I get coupons text to me. I want you to text me. It could be more simple than that. It could be more simple than that. Just like when they come and want to clean the streets. They put out signs a week yep, before. True, exactly. Don't park next Tuesday. And everybody so know not to day, park. A week before, just like election, you have, there's a, actually in the ordinances, everybody ordinance is the amount of time that you can put your signs out before the election and the amount of time you can have them out after the election. So then you have to actually put your signs out and pick them up in a time frame. So this is the same time frame that they use when they come clean the streets, when they come do a lot of other things where they mm-hmm. put these signs in the right of way that's technically not yours, but the city's. And then they actually are letting you know and give you information for something that's happening in the future. So it's simple things like that that can happen that could change and that we can try to push and change our leadership to get more voice out here. But sometimes it's all about who's our who's in the administration uh, part. Like what what is the what is the mindset of the administration? And that's how stuff runs. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Well, being yeah. being brought up a good little point about, you know, Cass's redevelopment. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the street. Correct. <laughs> And so I want to talk a little bit about this whole remark that got brought up on the Oscars, you said. Yeah, I've been out here lying on what show it was. Yeah. They said Shinola was saving Detroit. And it came out. So I was watching the Oscars that night, and I didn't even peep it. That's how, like, he said it so cool in a way that you wouldn't even notice that it was said. But somebody caught it, and you know it went viral, and we start seeing it. How do y'all feel about that? Is Shinola saving Detroit? It kind of reminds me of whole like Duggan coming through and saving mm-hmm. the city and all of that. Yeah. What is this narrative that's being painted? Like, I mean, nationally, because this is a national show that everybody's tuning in to to watch people win some awards. How do y'all, is Shinola saving Detroit? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, I think it kind of represents the overall state of the city, really, when you have someone who's not even from here telling mm-hmm. uh, telling people, you know, all over the world that Shinola is saving Detroit, when you and I both know, we know who really is out here in the street and who's really bringing true change yes. to the communities, and it's not the companies like Shinola. Correct. You know, so I, I just think that it's really a slap in the face, yes. but it's kind of like a dog whistle call for other people to come here and invest. It's definitely the green light for a corporate donation. I mean, mm-hmm. but that's that's the ultimate like that's ultimately how you build a city is getting Correct. people to come in and fund us. Mm-hmm. For a long time we got starved of our resources and that's how we got mm-hmm. into this. But it didn't just happen overnight. Mm-hmm. We were starved systematically of our resources yes. and that's mm-hmm. how we got into the situation. So bringing those resources back, I feel like when they use those big corporate like uh anything to kind of draw people in is just bringing back the resources that we should have had. But those I just resources are not used effectively. So wait, yeah, correct. Because my thing is... Because if, DPS is the only school system that is hiring teachers that are DPS not... CD. That are not certified. <laughs> like, yeah, you want to. Why are we doing that? Yeah. It's not used effectively. Like, we get it. Downtown is real nice. But you step a couple blocks over and it's not. It's correct. like... Yeah. Yeah. What are we really doing? I think uh I think that um 
it's really emotionally triggering for me, especially that statement, because it brings up a decade-long discussion about race and class and equality. And so I feel, as myself, I feel like I live in two different Detroits mm-hmm. as a young black millennial. I live in, I've worked downtown. I've seen the hustle and bustle. I like being able to go to Shake Shack in the midst of my city. Mm-hmm. But uh, and being here my whole life, I also know about, like, black Detroit. You know, mm-hmm. I know about the people who are often overlooked, who are working within the community, who don't get the recognition, who don't get appreciated and have been here and then you kind of have many people who were a part of like the whole white flight when many people started to leave the city when Coleman Young became mayor coming back and reclaiming property that's been within their families opening new business opening up community Mm -hmm. gardens then you have uh, these big corporations coming in buying up property having that money to be able to have the startup costs to be able to do something really really big and then other people are able to kind of establish businesses within that area that they're kind of revitalizing it's like it's sad because we want to see the city revitalized you know we want to be able to feel safe walking down streets and be able to go inside businesses but then gentrification is very much a part of it and I know I had somebody uh, who was an urban planner that basically said like when revitalizing the city gentrification is inevitable it's like it's not anything you can avoid we want to feel safe even when I think the Super Bowl came here there was like a rumor going around that there are buses going around picking up all the homeless people Mm -hmm. to be able to I didn't know if it was true or not but it kind of happened but I mean, it's kind of hard to say it, but, you know, you see a whole bunch of homeless people asking you for money in the midst of, like, this big celebration. Mm-hmm. People feel like it doesn't look good. Um, but is there a better way to be able to solve it instead of kind of just putting a Band-Aid over a really big wound that the city of Detroit has? And yes. I feel like comments like Shinola is saying in Detroit are really emotionally triggering because, like, I know my timeline blew up after it happened. I didn't even mm-hmm. watch the Academy mm-hmm. Awards. I didn't know who won Best Picture, but I knew somebody said some mess about Shinola right. saving Detroit. <laughs> yes. uh, within five minutes for them saying that. Um, because I feel like those where there's a Detroit pride and those who are really invested into the city. And I'm speaking specifically from the black Detroit experience. Like that stuff really, really offends us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't necessarily know that we always have the vehicles to be able to communicate and to be able to, I guess, get the resources so that we can make sure that we're a part of those that are being recognized as same in Detroit. Yes, mm-hmm. that's true. So. I keep hearing the word gentrification go around. And I remember that coming up in season one. We talked about gentrifying. I actually got into a heated debate. This is why I do not post on social media because people do not just like to think outside the box. But I got called out, y'all, because it was these two older black women. I knew they were some sisters just by the language. And I'm like, I'm in the, I'm in the same fight, y'all, and I ain't trying to argue. But it was around the idea that I had said we need to stop talking about gentrification and become the, our own gentrifiers. And it got so like, do you know what this word means? Like it was just, I could, I know they were screaming at me via the, the response. <laughs> but even going back to your point, being about this whole idea that you know we want to feel safe, you want to have a, you don't want to live in a poor community. No. You know, we want our youth to have better. We want to do it. But it's like when we start to take the language and we start to shift and revolutionize the language yes. that they putting on us. Yes. it's like we we pulling each other down. Like. I want to know, and I know I ain't asked y'all this before y'all came, but y'all got me want to think about it. What would your town or your city look like if you was the gentrifier? How will we be changing our city for a better? Like, what are the things that we want to see as millennials? One, because we here. What is it that we want to see in this city? Talk to me, please, somebody. I mean, we want the downtown, but I want the downtown in the neighborhood. Yes. So what that looks so, like. So I got you. Um as an urban planner and uh, <laughs> go ahead yeah, can't go ahead. hit us let's with the zoning rules right. zone, <laughs> no, no, zone, no zoning nothing no zoning nothing I mean my thing is I, I, I want people to be more educated on 
two specific words, actually. Mm -hmm. So other than gentrification, I want people to realize what urban is. You know, my thing is this is a structure of a neighborhood. You know, you have urban, you have rural, you have suburban. You know, these are just structures of neighborhood. You know, I'm tired of people associating urban with the color of skin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, how much money you make. Urban where? That's exactly what we're doing. This this is what we're doing. So even with gentrification, we have to learn and educate what gentrification is. My thing is the first thing I do is teach people ownership. Mm -hmm. If we own something, when people call it when people try to come take it, they have to what? Buy you. Yeah. But when you rent something, if the landlord says, oh, I'm going to get paid X amount, yeah, why would I, I have to re-sign anything? Because I'm going to get more money than I would have ever got from anybody living with me. So at the end of the day, if we start teaching ownership and start teaching mm-hmm. people how to actually pay and, and own what they what they have or live in, my roof over my head is more important than anything that I wear. Period, point blank. So when you start learning how to prioritize certain things and then put things in certain places, then you will learn how to really not be gentrified to become the gentrifier. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So ownership is step one. And that's creating wealth. That's all that is. Generational wealth. You have something, an asset passed down. Your property is an asset. Your your land is an asset. You have education. You have entertainment. Those are all assets that we export out of our culture and don't get anything back from. Yeah, and Ken, I'm glad you touched on that because that's a good point. Um, With Being with New Era Detroit and also being a realtor as well, that's one of the things we focus on with our Come Black Home campaign is just educating people on the steps of ownership. You know, a lot of people don't even know what it takes to put a down payment down on a home. They don't even know the amount, especially millennials. You know, 36% of millennials have no idea what the first step of home ownership is. So we hold consistent ownership seminars, you know, with different financial counselors, credit repair. You know, a lot of us have hit up credit, you know, but we don't even know that you can still buy a house even if you don't have great credit. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? There are other avenues to that. So I think that the the education piece is very important. And I also feel like in regard to your question, Kenya, just putting more entertainment venues inside of the city, you know, more uh, retail shops and hiring more Detroiters inside of the um, neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Whenever we want to go out and have family fun, we have to go out to the Livonias, to the Novas. Mm-hmm. You know, where is it really for me to take my one-year-old son and have a good time and in the middle safe. of the day? Yeah, and feel safe. It's not really too many places like that. Mm-hmm. So. But with the wealth building principles, I know one of my that's a great point, I believe, but I just, it, it wasn't really taught, um, yeah. I found to, to my generation, especially growing up. You know, so we spent our 20s making a whole bunch of mistakes, and now we're in our 30s like, oh, let me get credit karma on my phone. You know, let me start paying off this <laughs> yeah. debt so I can amass this wealth that everybody talking about I was supposed to have had at this point. Right. And um, it's, it's embarrassing, but it's also, it's, it's the reality of it Correct. as well. And so um, as it, as we talking about the, the bigger issue, like how do we put these wealth building principles inside of schools to be able to make sure that children, because I have white friends my same age who own multiple properties, mm-hmm. own multiple homes. I even have, you know, if we really want to talk about it, I got black friends, but even that knowledge, it was kind of like um, restricted to their groups and their family. Like mm-hmm. I'm talking about friends who grew up in Jack and Jill's, mm-hmm. who yeah. grew up in Deltines, right. you know, right. all of that <laughs> stuff. You know, they know that stuff. I didn't learn it until I started getting into my late 20s when mm-hmm. um, I had to find it for myself because with my family, it was more so about survival. It was more so about taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. And so me being like this next generation removed from that, actually being able to have, you know, some wiggle room, having some disposable income to actually save as opposed to like trying to pay for things. Mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot on my own that wasn't necessarily able to be taught to me. And so Correct. um 
I just I wanted to wow. share that because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> classism even exists within I guess our oh for sure I'm gonna yeah, yeah, wait to sure. the appendix Absolutely. at the end to to so I want to go around because now I mean we didn't talked about a lot what issues matter to y'all. And I want to go around the table. I want to hear from everybody <laughs> what issues matter. Like, because one of the things, you know, last season I was really pushing, you know, we always tell each other, go vote, go vote, go vote. But we don't educate ourselves before we vote most times Absolutely. out of 10. We probably go in there. I'd be like, oh, her name sound black. <laughs> but even with that, that's <laughs> not always black. right, right? And then, or I vote all Democrat yeah. when, you know, who Terrible. taught us that? Can't even do that no more. So we don't even educate ourselves prior. Then we go vote. But people always forget this piece after. It's the accountability piece for the person that you put in that position. Because if you don't ask for nothing, you ain't going to get nothing. And that's what black people... if you don't know who to ask, you won't get it either. That's very true. (laughs) And that's why black people feel like, oh, Barack Obama ain't do nothing for black people. Because we ain't asked him to do nothing for us. We thought because he was black, he was going to go in there and represent the hoes. And that's just not how... That's just... You're not going to represent the whole population. He's the president of the United States. Correct. Right. What issues matter? What should we be holding politicians accountable for now? Because it's too many issues. We can't. I mean, it's so many. But at the top of the list, like, I want to know everybody's, like, top three. And if you can't even do the top three, you know, top one. Because I know it's one that always comes to my mind. (laughs) To me, a certain level of transparency. Um I mean, at the end of the day, you know, when you get a certain level, you don't know certain things at the level under you don't. So, I mean, at the end of the day, when we're talking about <clears throat> our financial budget or things like we're supposed to be putting money to uh, hundred day plans, you know, things like that, that the government's saying they're doing, we should be able to see their schedule. I mean, my thing is, what is the schedule to get this project done? Where is the money actually rolling? You know, like we have a tip schedule that we follow as being an MPO metropolitan planning organization, the one down here. I don't represent is Simcog and they run seven counties down here and they do a fabulous job at doing it, you know, but they have their stuff in order, you know, they have their things moving. And so why, and they, and if you call and ask them, they'll show you, see, that's what I'm saying. Why can't our politicians that's above them or our government officials actually be able to show us? Like if this is your hundred day plan, where are you at in your hundred day plan? Mm. I don't never hear that one. That's a good one, Ken. No. Let me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why they stare too. Yeah. I mean, I ain't gonna put y'all in no line oh, order. Yeah. Oh, what what y'all need from me? Oh, we had a number. It's a I raise my hand. Top three issues. I mean, I'm gonna just keep it real simple. I'm really tired of these potholes. Like, Gretchen said she was gonna fix the damn road. What's today's name? But she wanted to charge us 45 cent on our gas, gas tax, in order to be able to do it. We should slap a toll road right there when they get off that bridge from Canada. Yes. Oh, another toll road? They they might might think about doing 375 like that, but it's proposed. Yes, all of them. Wait until the medicinal sales come back and we see. They're going to get rid of 375? They trying to re they trying to re put black bottom backs like now let me stop <laughs> yeah edit that <laughs> part <laughs> you know Ken and I edit in there <laughs> you know that's the plans I heard I'm like oh they're gonna put black bottom back who gonna slid or not so, yeah, no. go ahead other issues love fix that's them damn roads fix them roads 
It's coming, man. That's it's coming. Yeah, that's coming. That's definitely coming. It's, Especially with all the medicinal ooh. tax they just got. They they hey, made listen. forty-two million in four months. Listen, like, this all I'm gonna say. Yeah, from the medicinal marijuana. Yeah. When I was yeah, can, in, can I be used to fix that? Absolutely. That's what it's yeah. for. It's it for can be used for a lot of things. Yeah. Right. Overall general fund balance. But but I was just in L.A. in January, and I literally paid four eighty-nine for gas. So we're blessed. Yeah. True. But a lot of people don't drive down there because they have a good transit system, like Ooh. public transit. LA is not the best. Yeah, LA <laughs> is like, a good yeah, example. Yeah. <laughs> it's LA. better than Detroit, I'm it's, sure. It's ba- barely. By far. It's kind of similar. It might it's be like on a time, bus, but yeah, it might just... be on time, but it's way more packed, so the time way more spread out. And their subway doesn't go everywhere. Their subway is kind of like our queue line. Our bus is but like, <laughs> it's like yeah. four different queue yeah. lines. Yeah. It's like four. Yeah, they like, hey, I always say that. I'm like, we should throw a queue line on every major throwaway in the city. Just go crazy. <laughs> Just not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I love to take the queue line from Six and Southfield up to uh, Teresa's. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> hey, no doings. No doings. You can know again. Top issues, y'all. Yeah, what else so we trying to fix? Around. So we got the roles. We need some transparency. What else we need? So I'm not the most politically savvy. So I've mm-hmm. been doing my research. You know, I vote, and then I like I'm I'm, I'm a part of the problem. You know, I'm problematic. Write a think piece about me. We all um, are, but uh, <laughs> we all are. <laughs> but I do do my best to be able to educate in the midst of uh, the causes and things that I'm involved with in my life. And one thing that I know I am passionate about that I'm trying to learn more about how to be more involved effectively are a lot of the people who get incarcerated for these really really small crimes and are spending a majority amount of their time um, for things such as like marijuana possession mm-hmm. um, for and even people who kind of get rolling convicted and looking at um like people who uh, say rape and then were able to test years later and see that that never happened mm-hmm. but those who uh, made the accusation nothing ever happens to them mm-hmm. so those are t- things that I'm trying to research and learn more about and how to be able to take a stand um, and talk to my uh, legislators and policymakers and lawmakers to be able to understand how do we um, do some work in that area I care about that a lot it's definitely a law mm-hmm. politic and mm-hmm. coming yeah. we talking mm-hmm. all about mass incarceration <laughs> and for everybody that don't know there's a 533 million dollar Wayne County jail about to be built on Warren in 75 yeah. and I ain't even Sick. trying to be crazy but you know y'all Detroit's man's Gilbert got some hands in it that's all I'm gonna say that's <laughs> true is that the jail? Okay, what's happening to the jail that's downtown? It's already they, been dug up. Yeah, it's bad. They started and then they yeah, stopped. Living, oh, that one. It's yeah, been a land swap from my understanding. Yeah. And it's supposed yeah. to be some type of development plan that's coming. He owns that land now. Gilbert does. Throughout this, he got that land out of the mm-hmm. land swap. And now the jail so is going to be placed. Down, right? mm-hmm. I don't know all mm-hmm. the legit. Yeah. I just know that they're doing something with it. It's gonna be and then did tax dollars project. pay for that? Like, what is that? Like, I mean, it's a Wayne County. Do I get a refund check? Who do I speak with? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I'm for who do I speak with? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. That would be a county mm-hmm. swap. So, I mean, okay. you would have to talk to the Wayne County executive because that would be like. They made the swap with Correct. Them. So we're going to have to go home and figure out who my, who your county commissioner is. They <laughs> yeah, sat on that yeah, board. Like, we got our phones right here. <laughs> <laughs> and even when you're having those conversations, how do I have it effectively so I'm not just another angry person standing in line? Don't be angry. Ask questions. Don't be angry. Ask questions. It's emotional. No, 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 no. That's the hard part see, for me. See, I see, see, see. Yeah. It's business. Just ask questions. As long as you ask the question, you got to get an answer. But what happens when I get an answer that? 
that you don't like. That's what it is. <laughs> you know? so, yeah. so, so you got to keep yeah, fighting yeah, for what so you, you want. So then you ask another question. <laughs> or an answer that doesn't really answer the question. Because, you know, sometimes... Or insults my intelligence. Exactly. You know. so then, so then, so Figure then. out how to get that person up so, out of there if they no, can't no. answer your question. Then, you then, you <laughs> then you just ask them, if you cannot answer this, who can I go to that knows the answer to this? And they got to give you a name. It looks real calm, but that ain't. And I know he and I handle it like this. But no, but you have to. I mean, but that's how I ask an answer. And then, especially if you really want something, you send an email, get it in writing, show up at the next meeting with that email that you sent. Like I was Mm -hmm. expecting a response from you in this manner, and you would embarrass them publicly. That's. That's way way more than <laughs> anything else you could say. And again, yeah. if they ain't giving us no answers, you don't believe you don't belong in that spot. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times because we not holding them accountable, you don't know who should and shouldn't be in these positions, Absolutely. and they hold on to them forever. Exactly. So exactly. One per, one thing I want to talk about with the elect, election piece, it was a older lady. She was probably like fifty one that ran in my district. She beat out the incumbent and spent under $1,000. She only did, like, phone calls mm-hmm. to a few people and won that seat over the incumbent in that spot. So she, <laughs> I voted for her just off of the strength no, that I didn't went. like the other person. Oh, I didn't had no idea. Woman, right? Yeah, it was a black woman, Betty here. Jean Alexander. Yeah. So she's a state rep now. She was, like, catching the bus. She was working a job, and she ran for office just as, well, I like— I think I heard her. I she did that, too. I <laughs> yeah. that. That's boss. So, I mean, that's that's the power of politics, though. So, you it know sure what I'm saying? Is. You really got to— <laughs> <laughs> reaffirm your position and really sure. if you if you dedicate it it's possible seriously yes. alright we got some issues on the left, my left side of the table what's up ladies and gentlemen how we feeling what issues matter to us um, well with me of course it's always going to be black home ownership um, just increasing the black home ownership rate um, as of recently Detroit which was one of the largest black home ownership rates across the nation mm-hmm. at one point we just recently flipped to majority renter mm-hmm. yeah. so you know I don't think that that's a coincidence considering we had some of the largest foreclosure rates mm-hmm. within the whole country when we were going through that so mm-hmm. you know increasing the black home ownership rate is very important and then with my organization, um, increasing voter awareness. That's another one that's important. And then not only just increasing increasing voter awareness, but making sure that we have um, avenues and different ways to mm-hmm. hold politicians accountable. So we're not just going up to the meetings as one voice. We need to go up there as one strong voice, mm-hmm. you know, a, a whole fist. So we're working on different organizing efforts so that we can be on one accord, have a list of demands, what it is that we want from mm-hmm. the politicians and stuff because when you're more organized you know of course you can make more things happen than if it's just you by yourself doing things mm-hmm. yeah and then of course with DPSCD just making sure that our kids have the best education also because I know that there's a lot going on there too excuse me what Man. is DPSCD Detroit say? Public Schools Community District so once DPS closed you know they still in debt so they've combined now DPS EAA back into one joint school and now it's Detroit Public Schools Community District Mm-hmm. Basically, not yeah. But you know what, though, with the Detroit Public Schools Community District, just because, you know, since I've graduated and moved back home, I've been in different right. capacities and just <laughs> being able <laughs> to work to work with the schools. I think what the schools honestly are lacking is our involvement. And I think that if millennials, like if we just start being stronger as alumni or just coming out and being present, asking questions like with the the reason, I mean, outside of the school structure, we could talk about curriculum. That's nationwide. We need to just figure out education reform in general. But I think that we're in a space where these young folks don't see it. So they can't believe it. 
And I think that a lot of us are in places and spaces that we can give them a new imagination and we can really be big brothers, big sisters, mentors, however you call it, and really tapping into their lifestyles and what they're doing. Because I do see it's a different it's a different kind of receptiveness mm-hmm. when we in a building, you know, or when they see somebody young doing something great and got something going for themselves. They give them some type of spark versus these people who keep coming in with new programs and attached to a name or a corporate donor or whatever that look like right. in the schools. It's just a different kind of recept, you know, receptiveness. So I definitely think that with DPSCD. Issues. I would like to piggyback off your topic and like you saying, Kenya, like your program, the kinship, we need a hub here downtown with those resources where they're accessible because we shouldn't have to go out to these the suburbs to make sure our kids have better education or entertainment, mm-hmm. make sure everything is there under one resource. And as millennials, our greatest tool is our cell phone technology. It doesn't take maybe an hour out your time or two hours every other week to check in with the, you know, mentee, see how they're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, mentorship is definitely the answer as far as us building and generational wealth. Mm -hmm. It goes hand in hand, in my opinion. Yeah. Wait, wait, let me add something to that. I like that because today I was hearing something on... um, uh, the Breakfast Club this mm-hmm. morning. They were talking about how Kylie Jenner just got named Forbes just named her the first like or youngest billionaire. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's crazy because people are self-made. asking, is she self made? <laughs> like right. what is self made? Everybody needs the knowledge or needs the help, the expertise mm-hmm. from somewhere else, even if it's a dollar. You know, whether it was like you know you got Haddish and Kevin Hart, you know, talking mm-hmm. about the money they owe back and forth. You know, so it, it's everywhere where someone helps someone do something. So Absolutely. it is mentorship is definitely key and it definitely should go across like we can mentor each other and it and it bothers me so much in the city it's like i was talking to my family about this recently about this idea because i'm really big on generational wealth building and just being there and taking on what it is we do have because we do have things that we can nurture and make better in our lives that people just let go like most of these oh you know older folks are answers had these homes, had this stuff. Ain't nobody want to take that junk over because we lazy and we always got an excuse. And it's like we don't even understand the type of wealth we really have in our communities because nobody is taking on to that. But it's just this idea that we shouldn't be starting from scratch. And just like how we feel like we shouldn't necessarily be starting from scratch because the resources is there, people just real stingy. I'd be damned if these youth have to start from scratch. They should be starting up on the top. And that's the difference that separates us from other communities. I would say not stingy, but uneducated. We just were robbed of certain education. I'm talking about our community being yeah. stingy in certain ways. Somebody than it is to you know lift them up on the same platform as you. Uh, and uplift. People, People don't know really what uplift is, you know, unless you have actually been through the struggle and went and did something to have something to say. I have something to show for something else. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's crabby crap. You know what I'm saying? How do I get on the top of the next person? But why person? does it have to be like that? I feel like in a city that has such rich black history and success stories, we can't say that nobody knows what, you know what I mean, what it means to uplift people. Because that's not true. There I just are think people doing people it. Just There's people out here doing it. I'm not widespread enough to actually have the impact that we're looking forward to seeing. Yes. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's just a matter of using the research because we definitely have the talent in in our city, Forbes is coming here for the 30 under 30 because we have an immense number of talented people in the city doing big things that just haven't put it all together to become this Justice League of black excellence, if mm-hmm. you will. So, you know, it's a matter of really just getting our getting our talents together and really organizing to 
have the direct impact and specific impact yes. that we need to have in our communities. And that's mm-hmm. really what's missing from the whole conversation is that we're not connecting best using our resources right. uh, that we have available. And it's, it's challenging to do that too, I feel. Because the people that are making the moves, you kind of have a, have to have a tunnel vision in order to be able right. to meet certain deliverables and be able to get the work done. So you're not necessarily aware of what somebody else may be doing to even reach out. Mm-hmm. I know that's been one of my things and just trying to make sure that I'm more accessible even though I don't have a lot of time but still just trying to, you know, be available for things like this, mm-hmm. being available to be able to support people in other projects in that way mm-hmm. just to be able to let them know that I, I exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we can potentially collaborate on something I can support or I can even be recognized for some of the work that I've been doing too. But it's, it's hard to do that. Um, even what you were saying, Kenyan, of us going back into the schools and as like the millennials being active, like mm-hmm. that's a job. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, sure you know, it's like, it's so like job. when I already, <laughs> when I have a job and then I also have my diff, diff, uh, extracurriculars and classes that I, that I, yeah, you know, you still want to be a millennial. Yeah. You know, I still got a flex. So, like when, when do I, do that additional work how, so, to make that and people difference. like me would be like hey you know this would be a part of my job I should have some type of uh, yeah. professional development where you send me to my high school and I can go and talk to the young folks like, I, am, I am doing that I am learning yeah. how to do some professional development oh, I think you incorporate that I mean I think you're a good example I mean you, you help yeah. kids and then you teach volleyball at the same time but, one thing, but, but I, I didn't say I didn't say it was easy but this is where we start from I mean we mm-hmm. start with our younger generation we're able to mold their minds quicker and faster than, mm-hmm. than the people that's already out here I mean a lot of older people that I work with especially doing with finance especially taxes now it's tax season a lot of older people i deal with it's like oh no i know i'm supposed to get this much money back but you don't know what just changed with the tax laws like i mean if you're not understanding keeping up with education portions of things like how would you really understand what's going on so you're in a perfect position so at the end of the day what i'm saying is basically i'm sorry um basically um Adding what you do or adding into your job what you feel like you need to try to change is what I say try to find. Yeah. And that's what I've been looking for is more so what can I do to still help people and still make the change? That and then if somebody it. and if somebody want to pay me for it, go ahead. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because it's something I still love to do. So. Mm-hmm. And it's funny you say that, though. Um, just piggybacking off what you said, we need to be present and be in the schools and show the, the youth, you know, our idiots, people out here that are living what what they're teaching um just from my standpoint it's very hard being a young black millennial in these schools dealing with these parents <laughs> and these oh we ain't even talk about teachers and i mean you know everybody love their baby but <laughs> let me tell you about your baby you know so just just for me being present and me giving a lot of time because I do give a lot of time to being in those schools and giving those girls those opportunities. I come across a barrier. It's like a wall. Like, you don't know. And I don't have children. God forbid, don't have kids at almost 27. Like, Jesus, what's wrong with you? You know, so I'm I'm hitting the wall dead end. And it's like, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're doing. I'm trying to express to them, well, I remember 16 probably very more clear than you you know what I'm saying so and I remember what I needed and what I didn't have you know and those opportunities that I should have um but it is it's it's very challenging especially working full-time and doing that um and one thing this is just a problem I didn't mention earlier but mm-hmm. I just really um how can I put this so I don't offend anyone but I am really trying to incorporate in our community the female athletes because 
we see football 24-7. No, nothing against football. I love it. <laughs> we see basketball 24-7. And most of our public eye athletes, we always hear about a male. So I'm really big on bringing in the woman athlete because mm-hmm. we can be athletes as well. And Absolutely. Phenomenal. So that's one of the things I'm trying to incorporate in this city of Detroit. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Any more issues? I think we ain't get raw issues. Yeah. <laughs> um, what you mad so, about? Pretty much. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's so what chill. Am I not mad about? Yeah. Like, Period. So you, it's all about you know what I'm saying containing it and understanding where you can play your play your role and make a difference. Um, the biggest thing that I, that's really like on my mind is like criminal justice reform, definitely. Mm-hmm. So you know what I'm saying? It's people that are in jail for something that is truly legal right now in the same jails. We can walk down the street and somebody's in a jail. Or have felonies. Exactly, mm-hmm. and. It, People are really, that's really the biggest thing for me is really getting that addressed. And the way to do that, it starts with your politicians. You know what I'm saying? It sounds repetitive, but you have to get those people in a position where they understand that they're accountable to you. So, you know, yes. writing them letters, sending, sometimes it can seem a bit threatening. Like you have to be a little bit like yeah. intimidating to them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I know send a, sending a letter with some letterhead really gets people's attention and they will call you back. Like, <laughs> oh, please, please, please see my boss on yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't answer, they will leave <laughs> yeah. you a message. Yeah. And, and beg and plead you to, you know, see things their way. Mm-hmm. And you can ultimately mold them to what you need them to do in their position. So you have to understand what they're capable of before you can, you know, utilize them to make the thing happen. So there's multiple people that are accountable in each step of the process. And it's really just... What I'm trying to do is simplify it so people can understand what people's job roles are. So I've been working on that for like two years. It's like trying to do That's major, like, cause you should. It should be an app. You should know exactly yes. where your tax dollars are going. Mm-hmm. Like you yes. should. You should be able to pull it up. Right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So that's that's really what needs to happen. That's really my biggest thing is just making transparency and criminal justice reform top priority. Go data Detroit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They got data for everything now. Oh, and the fact yeah. that we don't have something that's accessible for our tax dollars that we spend thousands of dollars on and we just, oh, okay. They said it's going here today. The roads. Oh, that's right. good. Like, no. Mm-hmm. It should be like this contractor got this much money mm-hmm. to do this and mm-hmm. this is the project that they're assigned to. So if it's not done right, we could go back and get that contractor for the responsibilities that they should have been upheld to. Oh, they got those. Okay. No, oh, I know, but it's just, it should be like oh, I, everybody should be yeah, yeah. It, it should be. Okay. It should be oh, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's the word. That's just the key. They got those. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Accessibility. Calling me about I be looking at them like. <laughs> Wait a minute. Where the O and M at? Yeah. <laughs> One of the things though that I think is so important for people to know, and why I think I'm so excited to be launching Politicking during this time, is just that Detroit is changing drastically. People don't even understand. Like, I was just talking to somebody, um, even around this idea about, like, the education system. And I know, like, with my job, I've been able to have be hands-on in the high schools because it's a a nonprofit and it works in schools. Mm -hmm. But people don't realize that for the last few, well, decade or two, foundations, nonprofits, corporate that's who's been building the city Mm -hmm. it hasn't been our politicians Mm -hmm. it hasn't been the people for real it's been the money and i think that we're now in a position where you finally have a planning and development department where you're not gonna see too many more midtowns happening where a nonprofit organization came together and was like look we about to put our resources together and we about to make it happen like those type of things we're now seeing even with dpscd 
we're finally seeing now changes happening with them. You know what I'm saying? As far as being, we revamped the whole leadership foundations now have a, we have a lesser role to play in that because you actually have these spaces that are being held accountable. Right. And so being able to understand now that our city is kind of changing in that format, now we can know who to hold accountable. I think for a long time, nobody it knew who to hold to become because <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't was possible, paper. okay? So I was like such <laughs> Like before, I, now I guess I'll say where I work. I work at the Detroit Land Bank Authority and I was a paralegal. We were doing nuisance abatement lawsuits. That's where we sued property owners who aren't taking care of their properties to get them to enter into an agreement to fix the property up. So essentially... The the records that we had is like paper records. When I first wow. started at the Land Bank, it was fifteen hundred properties that we own. We today we own about ninety four thousand wow. properties in the city of Detroit. So it's a matter of once you understand the the like this didn't happen overnight, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a process to build it up. But it's been five years. You couldn't have told me five years ago that everything that has happened would have happened yeah, this fast. Yeah. You know, I would have thought it would have been ten to fifteen years down mm-hmm. the line. Things are happening really quick in the city of Detroit. We've always been the national example of how things go in, you know, in the country. So what we're doing now is setting the precedent for how urban development will be done mm-hmm. yes. across the country. Say that again, we, uh, please. Say that again, please, Rob. <laughs> Everything we're doing now <laughs> is shaping how urban development will be done in this country. So. And national, I mean, internationally, because they watching they, us they come across. To, listen, we had a meeting with some people from Tokyo came yeah, in and asked us about, you know, how are we dealing with our land issues because they, you know, are having similar issues in Japan. So yeah, like, I have an intern from Seoul, Korea right exactly. now. Exactly. So. Who y'all so, think yeah. buying some of these properties? One of my close friends is, like, is be doing like interior. I'm like, oh, these houses are nice. They like, these some Asians on this. I'm like, dang, it's They've been doing that. They've been buying them for a dollar unseen. Never come see the property. Uh, buy it. Like, yes. uh, I know we almost there, but public private partnerships is key, man. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We private money will drive change and then our public entity should shape the change that we want to have. Mm-hmm. Because in, in public public sector, you're really limited by government funding or state funding or whatever else. And then at the end of the day, you know, you have these private companies coming in and doing stuff, just like we have the autonomous vehicles down here, man. You know, you start that in one place to show that it can do something else. Mm-hmm. So, Yep. Man, it's been awesome. Before we get up out of here, <laughs> I do want to make sure that everybody get a little plug because I want people to know who I got at the table because I don't mess with regular people. It's like, no, let me stop. See, but I do think, <laughs> but I do think it's so important because again, like we've been touching on it through this whole conversation. We got the resource. We got the knowledge. We got, you know, like we can really start putting, we can start putting this together and becoming more collective. We can go out and y'all can come help me right now. Build up six miles Southfield because I'm, I'm I'm dedicated. I'm dedicated to making sure we revamp. So I do want to do a little go around the table, um, introduce yourself, let people know who y'all are, give a plug if you got something coming up. You know, let the let let the audience know who's shooting it off. I'm going. I'm going to say Ken because we Ken. Ken. All right, man. All right, man. Thank you for having me again, Ken. I appreciate this for real. Uh, I'm Ken Hall. Uh, I actually live in Lansing. I'm originally from Detroit. Um, I work for an agency called Tri-County Regional Planning Commission. I'm a land use planner. Like I said, we oversee three different counties of, over, of regional planning across the board from economic development, transportation, so forth, so on. Um, but my real hat that I like to promote in pub is what I've 
taking a step out to try to start building for myself my own brand, K-Hall Enterprises. Right now, it's a financial literacy and education um, brand that I am now building. Um, my main two services are tax education. So taxes or anything preparing, foreseeing. You know, I have clients that make $1,000 and I have clients that make $500,000. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you need different services at different times. Um, and K-Hall Enterprises is an education brand that I'm actually trying to get into schools and learn how to start teaching some of our kids some different things. Um, so my thing is anything, any tax questions, money questions that you have, um, definitely hit me up. Um, and you can be able to find me. Actually, I'm just say, call Ken. Yeah. <laughs> My flow about to be I'm blowing just, up. Yeah, like, I'm not really the direct person. I like to be a, have an in between. So, uh-huh. you know, hit up Ken. Let's get, let's get something cracking. I'm out. the plug. Yeah, network building. That's what we call it, network building. Um, hey, everybody. I'm Lauren. Again, um, I am a volleyball coach. For school in Detroit, I can disclose it, and I am also a new co-owner of the AAU team, which is owned by two um, black women, millennials. Mm-hmm. So we are having an event next week. It's a fundraiser for the team, so we can have all the resources that kids in the city of Detroit don't usually get. So, uh, which is very expensive. But if you go on Eventbrite, it's called Volleyball in, in the City. It is a adult tournament. I'm going to be on one of them teams with Law. We about yeah, to take the championship. So it's going to be really fun and Can funny. play? Yes, okay. absolutely. Um, but if you want to come out, it's $5 pre-sale tickets, um, $7 at the door. And if you can't make it, you can donate through that link as well. Check us out. Coming back. Bring it back. CT Day. You, know. you hear me? <laughs> Um, hey everybody, what up though? Uh, my name is Benjamin <laughs> Williams, also known as Ben Will in these streets. Uh, by day, I work with the Healthy Kids team at the United Way for Southeastern Michigan, working to decrease childhood <laughs> nutritional risks within the child, the Tri County area. So I okay. feed the babies. Um, by night, I am the producer, curator, and host of the Motor City Singers Space, and uh, we are an event series that has the mission to destigmatize the conversation of mental health within the arts and African American communities. Yeah. Our events are somewhat like a variety hours, so think like the Carol Burnett show, think like a Sonny and Cher mixed with like kind of uh, Russell Simmons presents Def Jam Poetry. That's a good um, thing. Yeah, that's kind of like, <laughs> like what it is. Um, so uh, each event is themed, uh, so we have really dynamic performers come and sing cover songs within that theme, and within the show, we have what we call the mental health moment, where we work with mental health professionals um, who share different resources in a very kind of tactful and uh, um, approachable way, so that it doesn't feel like it's like icky or uh, you know to remove that stigma so we can actually have this conversation within our uh, community our next event is going to be on Friday April 5th the theme is the wonderful world of Disney we're going to be singing all types of Disney songs um, and tickets are currently available at our website MotorCitySings.com they start at $20 if you want to get a chicken dinner you can pay $27 in advance or you can pay $30 at the door Uh, it's always a good show Kenyon came to the last one she can vouch for me Uh, we really do a good job uh, within our team there. Come through. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a good time. Friday, April 5th, MotorCitySings.com. Yeah, I got to go yes. to their uh, they Black History Month show and mm-hmm. the, the mental health pieces around the drums. Yeah. And I was up there. 
I was I was fasting during the time, so I couldn't eat the chicken. Oh. But let me tell you, this was a very strong Kenya that night because the chicken was just aromified through the whole building. I said, "Goodness!" So great. the ancestors were supporting you in your fast, and then yes. was. and all the mental health moments are different. So as Kenya said, the last one we did like African drumming before we've actually had like licensed social workers come. We have had psychiatrists come. I've told my own testimony of overcoming a suicide attempt in 2011. So we really, really don't try to um, avoid the tough topic of Correct. mental health suicide prevention within the series while also having That's a good awesome. time with the music. That's key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone, I'm Courtney. Um, I also go by Coco, my cousin, Kenya. She's been an advocate in the city since we were like middle school, doing big things, getting everyone together. So I'd like to congratulate her. And nice to meet all of you. Right. I know it. I'm humble. <laughs> um, I do a lot of PR for a lot of nonprofits, entertainment, arts and fashion industries here in the city. Um, I'm also starting a podcast called Mom Task, where we collaborate with other moms, millennial moms here in the metro area. We basically give resources and just a support group here in their city. Um, I have an event March 24th. Um, you guys could pull up. It's a free event. It's a mix and mingle network um, producers panel with Helleva, Ant Beats, Nick Speed. And it's at 313, right in the Fashion District. Oh. So, you know, you guys could come network, have a little. What time? Um, it's actually 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And yeah, I'm always working with other nonprofits. So we're looking to have a series of events with the youth in the city as well. So basically, to keep our arts and entertainment here in the city, mm. you know, That's to give back to everyone. Uh, shoot, she shouted me out. You have a website? Um, my Instagram is CLCOXPR at. Um, that's my Gmail as well, CLCOXPR at gmail.com. Uh, podcast at MomTitas on Instagram. So, yeah. Thank you for having me. Just to know all a lot of these events, because I'll be watching Cuz all the time. She be behind the scenes on a lot yeah. of this stuff yes. that's moving Thank and shaking you. in the city. So just know Cuzos be doing our thing. <laughs> okay, Cuz. <laughs> Hey, right, real quick. Uh, my name is Rodney Wilson. I'm the Deputy Director of Community Affairs at the Detroit Land Bank Authority. If you pull up the website, you'll see my face. So <laughs> go to buildingdetroit.org, buy property. Ownership is key. Um, that's pretty much it. Yes. All right. Peace, love, and real estate, everybody. My name is Kiera <laughs> Stafford. I'm also known as Professional Realtor on Instagram. Um, I'm a real estate agent. I help people buy, sell commercial real estate, um, as well as residential real estate. I'm also executive director and co-founder of New Era Detroit. And we do a lot of stuff in the community. Um, we have Elite Young Kings um, and Elite Young Queens program. We just kicked off our fourth cycle inside of Madison Carver Elementary School. Um, and then our next event coming up actually is our Queens Council of New Air Detroit event. So we'll be having a women's wellness event, which is going to be April 7th. We're going to have trap meditation, mm, yoga. Trap meditation. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's called New Moon Who Dis. So tickets are $10. We'll have panel guests, black business um, vendors as well. So you guys can check out our Instagram, New Era Detroit, to find out more information about that. Okay. Man, this has been a great kickoff premiere of season two. I just (laughs) want to thank y'all for joining me. For the audience, make sure y'all tune in on Facebook Live. Politic and Out is P-O-L-I-T-I-C. 
K-E-N-O-W-T. I had to think about it because I added the out on politicking because for some reason my name wouldn't accept. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at politicking, same spelling. Thank y'all again for joining me and make sure y'all tune in. We'll be back in two weeks. Lights up. There we go. <laughs>